And so Adrian's going to come and bring our readings and reflect on God's word with us. So our Old Testament reading is from Genesis 44 to 45. Um, It's a bit scattered uh, in the lectionary, but we're starting at verse 18. Then Judah went up to him and said, Please, my lord, let your servant speak a word to my lord. Do not be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. My lord asked his servants, Do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, we have an aged father, and there is a young son born to him in his old age. His brother is dead, and he is the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me, so I can see him for myself. And we said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. But you told your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, You will not see my face again. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him what my Lord had said. Then our father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said, we cannot go down. Only if our youngest brother is with us, we will go. We cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One of them went away from me. And I said, he has surely been torn to pieces. And I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too, and harm comes to him, you will bring my grey head down to the grave in misery. And skipping ahead to chapter 45, uh, where Joseph reveals himself. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, make everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed. And do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. This is the word of the Lord. And we come to our gospel reading. Our gospel reading is from Matthew 10, verses 7 to 15. Hear the gospel of our Lord according to Matthew. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey, or an extra tunic, or sandals, or a staff, for workers are worth their keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there, and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace 
return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard against other people. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. If you'd like to take your seats. So, good morning. Let me add my welcome to you this morning. Um, if I haven't met you before, uh, my name is Aidan and I'm the new curate here. Uh, if I have met you before, then I'm really sorry for if and when I forget your name. I'm really bad at it. Please give me some forgiveness and grace. I'll get there eventually. Um, this morning, I'd like us to think about our readings from Genesis 44 to 45. And later, I'll, I'll come to the appointed psalm for the day as well which is Psalm 105. It might be helpful to have them in front of you if you've got a Bible. Uh, if not, I'll, I'll hopefully keep us uh, in line where we're going. Now, um, the Gospel reading is, is that reading we just had from Matthew, uh, which for those of you who are around on, on Sunday night, uh, is very similar to the, the, the passage from Luke that Gary preached to us from. And I thought he did a phenomenal job talking about uh, God sending us, God calling us, uh, and I thought it was really brilliant, so I'm going to leave that in your minds. Uh, if you were there, great. If you weren't there, chat to someone who was, because um, I, really, I found it quite powerful. So as we consider this story of Joseph, uh, I would like us to encourage us to remember that God is with us, because sometimes I think that's easy to forget. And I hope that as, we re- as we remind, we're reminded of this, I hopefully we'll be encouraged to share testimonies or uh, to share just stories of what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And through that, that would inspire our praise. Uh, But before we do anything else, should we pray together? Father God, thank you that you are with us this morning. Thank you that you are with us wherever we go. You are with everyone who cannot be here this morning. There is no place where you are not. There is no place where we cannot call on you. And Lord, I just pray that this morning you would uh, reveal yourself to us afresh, that we would catch a glimpse of something of your presence with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I maybe don't have time to go over the whole story of Joseph, but by way of nods, who would say they're fairly familiar with the story of Joseph? Yeah, we've got a few nods, a few hands. That's that's good. It's, It's... it's a, it's a fair, I'm sorry if you're not. Uh, hopefully, we'll catch you up a little bit as we go. But actually, in a society, I think, that's becoming less and less aware of Bible stories, um, this story of Joseph is pretty well known. Um, and I, and I th- it's not hard to guess why, when you've got Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat still doing well in the West End and touring around. It's pretty well known. As I was rereading it this week, I kind of found myself wondering, why, why, why this story? Why do people know this? above all the other stories in the Bible? Why is it so popular? Uh, Why does it make a good musical, even with secular audiences? Why does Joseph stand out? And I'd be interested to know what you think about this, but if we think of Joseph as the main character, then it's kind of a brilliant underdog story, don't you think? You've got this uh, fascinating story that chronicles uh, 
a journey of an arrogant man being betrayed by his jealous brothers. He's sold into slavery. Eventually, he's thrown into prison and really hits rock, do- rock bottom before he finds redemption and ends up as the governor of Egypt. He's second only to the Pharaoh. You know, it really is a good story. It's a good, uh, it's a good thing. And if we think about Joseph as the main character, that trajectory of a, a flawed person hitting the lowest of lows and then going from rags to riches, well, it's kind of a familiar tale you might find in a Hollywood film. But as I was reading, I just found myself thinking, is Joseph really the main character? Because surely God is. You know, God is always the main character in the Bible. But actually, I, I kind of thought, where is God in this story? He's not that present. Especially if we compare him to Joseph's stories to the other Old Testament stories. You know, you think about Abraham. He's constantly in dialogue with God. You've got Abraham and Isaac and then Moses. You know, the, the whole uh, of the first five books of the Bible, seemingly Moses is, is having a conversation with God. And then that follows on with Joshua and later to the kings and, and to the, uh, and to the, the, the prophets. God is there, thus says the Lord. His voice is always heard. But in the story of Joseph, he's a very background figure almost. Overall, it's, you know, this story is, goes from Genesis 37 almost all the way to the end. But in these like, long chapters, it took me about 40 minutes to read. God is only mentioned a few times. It says in Genesis 39 that the Lord was with Joseph. It says it a couple of times. In Genesis 41, he's recognized as the one who gives answers to Joseph, the Pharaoh's dreams. He, he, he is the one who provide, provides Joseph with the answers and solutions to Pharaoh's dream. And in, Gen- and in verse 32 of, of chapter 41, it says, God is behind the fast and the famine that goes across the whole land and the whole region. And yet, whilst God isn't named as the main character and isn't mentioned that much, if we look at the big picture, then of course God is still in control. As with the whole Bible, this really is a story about a perfect, loving God meeting with, caring for, and redeeming his sinful and flawed people. In our passage from today, again, God is not mentioned until the very final verse of what I read out. As Genesis 44 and 45 has this really strange interaction that I've never really understood, if I'm honest. Um, you've got Joseph and his brothers. He sends them away after they've bought some grain, and then he gives them their money back, but he puts a cup in Benjamin's uh, sack, and then Benjamin gets arrested and brought to him, and it's all a bit confusing, uh, but eventually Joseph cannot hide himself. He, he's, he's, he, he just has to let them know who he is, and he reveals his identity to his brothers, as I read. And the crucial verse is chapter 45, verse 5. This is the one that really stood out to me. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. God sent me ahead of you. God sent Joseph. God was with Joseph. God raised Joseph up and God brought Joseph's brothers and eventually his father to be with him. God saved his people from the famine. Now, verses 7 and 8 Uh, just highlight that again, the the verses just beyond our passage. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. No matter how much Andrew Lloyd Webber might take God out of Joseph's story, 
in his musical. You cannot take God out of this Genesis account. It might be subtle. It may seem like he's gone unnoticed. But God, our creator, is always present and always involved with his creation. Amen? But I wonder if this realization might be might resonate with you something in a way that it has, it has with me, you know, because I often forget, I think that God is involved in everything I do, whether I make good or bad choices, God is there, whether I remember to thank God for his love, actually he still does love me, whether I f- remember uh, to, that God is involved in my story, actually God is there always. Sometimes we can get so busy or caught up in our own, uh, our own importance, our own, our, own, yeah, our own lives, whatever we're doing, we can actually forget that God is behind everything. This is only human. You know, the Old Testament talks about it again and again. It's full of stories of Israel uh, forgetting God's involvement in their lives, forgetting God's love and care for them. And that's what leads them into trouble again and again. It's why the biblical writers wrote down what they did. They wrote to remind Israel of God's faithfulness. And now each day, I'm sure you're aware that each day the lectionary of the Church of England gives us an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, and a psalm. And I'll be honest, there's lots of times where I read them and I go, why? Why that psalm? Like, that doesn't match up with what you're doing. But, but today is a, is a really good day because uh, they've really got it right. <laughs> um, psalm 105, uh, verses 16 to 22 is our psalm for the day. And uh, now Psalm 105 is designed to remind, God's, remind the reader of God's faithfulness in the past so they might praise him today. It's a testimony psalm. You know, verses 1 to 2 introduce the psalm saying, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. That's what the psalm is designed to do. And then the verses that are appointed for today, 16 to 22. So he called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons till what he foretold came to pass. Till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him a master of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased, and to teach his elders wisdom. Fairly familiar from today. The story of Joseph is is recalled to Israel to help them uh, praise God. It recalls, the psalm also recalls God's faithfulness with Abraham, and it finishes with one word in Hebrew, which INIV versions translate as praise the Lord, but it's a word we are all familiar with, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So remember God's faithfulness and let that memory, that testimony, lead you into praise. Because I feel that's what God is encouraging us to do through this passage. It's so simple, and yet so often I probably, I probably, and we all probably forget uh, to do it. Even in church we can forget this. Now obviously I'm new to Christchurch and um, I may be wrong, you may be completely different to the churches I've been a part of, um, but often, you know, it's common practice, we have our service, we praise God, we hear from his word, we, we celebrate communion together, and then we go and have a tea and coffee together, and actually the main focus of that is to have a natter, have a catch-up, find out what's going on in each other's lives. Does that sound familiar, or am I completely wrong? <laughs> it's not a bad thing, so I thoroughly, pray, I thoroughly encourage it. 
You know, we really are great at community in churches. You know, Kathy and I have really experienced that already at Christchurch with the support we've had over the last few weeks. People do care about one another, and that's why we ask, you know, what's going on, what are you up to? But if things are, and, and, sorry, and if things are tough, actually, in those moments, we can find out what's going on. We can offer support and, and, and practical service and love. Um, and, that, and that is great. That is what churches are really good at. They are good at that kind of community. But how much do we take God beyond the service? How much could we benefit from sharing what God is doing in our lives? Perhaps over that tea and coffee, as well as being community, we can ask, <laughs> goodness knows about the sermon, or we could ask about you know, what God is doing in our lives. Or we can pray for one another. What can we be praying for? What are you coming up against that actually we can be praying for? Even we can challenge one another to grow as disciples and share our faith more uh, in our front lines and whatever we're doing. I had the pleasure of joining Diane and Gary at their home group, uh, the youth home groups last week. Uh, And they start each session with this uh, good news, bad news, God news thing, which I thought was a really nice formula. They just share, uh, the young people share what's going on in their lives, their good news, their bad news, but also their God news. What is God doing in your life? I think it's a really great formula. It opens the door for us to share what God is doing in our lives so that we don't let his work go unnoticed. Because whether we notice or not, God is at work. He's doing amazing things, so let's talk about him. Let's share what God is doing in the lives of us and in the lives of those around us. Because when we notice him and remember our perfectly loving, perfectly caring, perfectly good father, all we end up doing is praising him. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Yeah, Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for uh, this story of Joseph that is well known in our society. Lord, I pray that actually uh, through these words, these, these, these recounts of, of the story of your interaction with your people, that somehow we would know you today. We would find joy and praise for you today. And Lord, I pray that uh, as we... Uh, share our lives together we would be encouraged to share of your goodness and what you've done for us, what you've done for those we care about uh, in the small in the mundane but also in the big and through that we would be encouraged to praise you more and more thank you that you are a good God Amen Amen